But this week is a special anniversary week. I don't know if everybody knows this. It's 30 years for our youth group. This week, 30 years. That's very good. 30 years, right? A lot of our youth sits over there. So I kinda, I, I'll, I'm going to look or it's, at a specific time. I'm going to speak to just you guys later. But they've changed their name. After 30 years of being Crusaders, they wanted to change their name to Youth 412. Now here's why. They left the Crusader name behind to be a better testimony. It's really difficult to complain about leaving that name behind for that reason. The youth group here used to just be a Grace youth group, and what's happening is we like the idea of it being a shared group between Grace and Beth Messiah. Well, the problem is with a name like Crusaders in the for an unsaved, unbelieving Jew, Beth Messiah is a Messianic Jewish synagogue, an unbelieving Jew hears that name differently. They hear the name Crusaders very similarly to, hey, come to my youth group, the Nazis. The early Crusaders would say, if you don't convert, we're going to kill you. So in the Jewish circles, it's a horrible, it's a horrible thing to be a Crusader. Now, I know that we didn't mean it that way. But it's very difficult to tell people, and we have somebody in the youth group right now whose uh, grandfather and grandmother are Jewish, and how do you tell your grandparents the name of the youth group? Right? So it's a challenge. I'm extremely proud of, of the Crusaders changing their name to Youth 412. They did it for the sake of the Lord, and I love it. I'm extremely proud of it. Um, youth 412. So youth is pretty self-explanatory. This is their logo, by the way. And 4.12 comes from 1 Timothy 4.12, which says, Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. No pressure. <laughs> set an example. Now, over the last 30 years, there's been hundreds, literally hundreds, of people who traveled through Crusader doors, and they identify as Crusaders. So I want to say something really clear to you. Regardless of your name, I was at the very first Crusader meeting, so I think I can say this. Regardless of your name, whether it's Crusader or Youth or 412 or Cheetahs or Panthers or really good-looking group or really ugly group, whatever your name is, you're bigger than the name. Don't let the name box you in. You're always one of us old people. You're always one of us old Crusaders. Okay? Don't, let, don't worry about the name. And, in, and the reason why I'm saying this is I know there's some question. I don't want to be, I don't, I don't want to change your name. But they did because they saw the testimony. And I'm very proud of you for doing it. You're still always one of us. And you old crusaders sitting out wherever you're sitting, aren't they one of us? Just because they have a new name doesn't take anything away, does it? No. You know, I was looking at stage. Everybody on the stage today had been or is in the youth group. That's pretty cool. That's very cool. I'm, I'm just very proud of the youth group. Scott and Jill Zetting lead it, do an excellent job. I'm proud of their work. Kevin Fosside, one of the sponsors. I have no idea how he became a sponsor, but <laughs> I'm kidding. He's a great sponsor there, and I'm very proud of the group as well. Okay, so there's a lot of time in that announcement. I wanted to explain it. They are now Youth 412. You can call them 412. You can call them youth. They may not like that. So that's who they are. 15 really strange reasons not to attend church. Now, I'm not going to read all the 15, but these are real reasons. These are reported reasons why people don't attend church. You ready? Really, pastors reported these. They, uh, they sent them to a guy who compiled them, sent the list out. One reason. Both of my girlfriends attend church there. 
Yep. You got a problem, buddy. By the way, church is a great place to meet people, but I'll tell you, it is not what church is for. You know, I'm kind of lonely. I think I'll join a church. I think there are guys that think that way. I don't know about gals, but I can speak for guys. This is not matchmaker.com. The worship leader pulls up his pants too often. It's distracting. Okay, this is one I hear all the time. The pastor is too attractive. When I see him preaching, I have impure thoughts and I'm distracted. I just only hear it here, by the way. I don't really hear that. Okay. The pastor stays in the Bible too much. I have actually heard that. I use too much scripture. What? We're a church. If you want to hear a motivational speech, you know, was it Tony Robbins? Okay. We got burned out at church and have been taking a break for the past seven years. I know. Going to church can really burn you out, right? Someone called me brother instead of using my name. I've actually known somebody that was put out for something similar to that. Hello. And finally, I was constipated. It was just one of those Sundays. I woke up. I'm glad you're here. I know coming to church can be a, be a challenge sometimes, especially if you have small children, especially if you're tired, especially if you're single, especially if you're married, especially if you're young, especially if you're old. I know getting to church can be challenging and have different shades of challenging experiences, but thank you for being here. And, and really, thanks for not using any of those excuses for missing. I have missed church for some strange reasons. Not those. There's a great verse in the Bible that says, and kind of, it sort of gives permission to miss services if your oxen falls in the ditch. If you want to help a brother out. And I'm, that's not a literal translation, so please don't take me, take me to town on that, but it's good that you're here. I have a very specific word today. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. Go ahead, Brad. It's not going to be a long message. But it's a very clear message, and it's one the Lord laid in my heart very specifically. So I'm not going to uh, add a lot of fluff, and, but I really believe it's for us this morning. And I really believe specifically it's for some of you who are really struggling through some of these things. It's not meant to be an upper message, and it's certainly not meant to be a downer message. So just take a minute. Be ready to receive what the Holy Spirit's going to do in your life this morning. Okay. Let's dive into the first verse. Go ahead, Brad. Exodus 3, 7 and 8. The Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. Now, Moses is standing before the burning bush. It's an infamous scene. The Lord speaks from the burning bush, and this is what he says. I know their sufferings, and I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land to a good and broad land. Now, if I stopped here, This sounds great so far, doesn't it? For over 400 years, the Israelites have been living in Egypt, and most of that time, much of that time, has been spent as slaves. In the beginning, it wasn't as slaves, but it it, it kind of evolved into a real slavery. And I would think this is a wonderful thing to hear. If the Lord said to you, I've got good news, I've heard the troubles in your life, and I'm going to lead you from A to B, this sounds great. And he goes on to say, it's a land flowing with milk and honey, so far, so good, to the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Yebusites. 
I know it says Jebusites. The J is supposed to be a yes sign. So, the Jebusites. Now, Moses and God, they continue to move forward and have this dialogue between the two of them. Moses says, why me? And God said, don't worry, I'll take care of you. Here's what you're going to do. And he gives him a couple of pointers how to get the ball really rolling. But you know what's interesting through this? From this point on, you know, the Lord actually says they're going to a land where other people live. And I don't hear Moses question that at all. In fact, I don't hear of any real questions until they actually get to that land. He tells them from the very beginning, the Lord says, you're going to a land where all of these people live, where the Canaanites, the Hivites, the Amorites, where all these people live, that's where you're going to go. But nobody questions him. Doesn't it stand to reason if, if they're going to go to a land where the other people live, it's, you, wouldn't you kind of wonder why, where, how we're going to fit in that land? Well, gee, Lord, if all these people are there, where are we going to, what are we going to do? It's an interesting thought. Why didn't they question more about those people? I suppose we'll have to ask in heaven. Right? We're not going to find out all that here. But it does make me think about us. The Lord called us out of whatever life we were in. Maybe as a young child, maybe as an adult, but He called us to know Him. And He called us to move forward with Him. And He doesn't say in His Word, it's always easy. But when we answer the call, we don't ask about those challenges. We just answer the call. Yeah, Lord, I'm behind you. Let's go. Okay, I'm in. Do we really ask? Not really. When we gave our life to the Lord, we just go. We pick up the cross and we follow him. All right, this is where it gets interesting to me. I've known people, and probably you have too, who have been like the Israelites, where they've walked away, they've followed God, they've, they've taken steps in the new land. But then for whatever reason, every now and then, they want to go back to the old land. Just to check in. Okay? So here, imagine this. Israelites, now they get the instructions from the Lord. And they start, they leave, they leave Egypt after these tremendous miracles from God. They leave and they follow, they walk along the way. Imagine an Israelite saying, you know what? I had a really good friend in Egypt. I'm just going to swing back and hang out with them for a while. I'll catch up to you later. Now that didn't happen, obviously. But imagine if it would. Imagine if something in Egypt, whatever it is, would pull them back just, just so they could stop in and see what's happening. When they left with the Lord, they really left with the Lord. At different points, we know they complained. And they talked about how good they had it in Egypt. They had this real kind of this mental journey. I've known believers who have done things like that. They've started off following the Lord. They're all in. And then they say, ah, you know what? I really had some great friends in the old days. I'm just going to check on them. I'm going to skip church this Sunday. Or I'm going to do whatever. And I'm going to go hang out with them. Okay, I'll, I'll come back. I'll come back. Do you get this picture? It's actually very, very common. We see it a lot. Two steps forward with God. And then the distraction happens. You know, when the Lord calls us, He calls us to be all in. In fact, He really challenges us. Whatever we had, He said, leave it behind. Now, I learned things. Money management and... My parents were managing money. I was learning money management before they were believers. 
So as I grew into to being a man, I had to validate all of the stuff I learned as money management as a boy with the Word of God. Did I learn it the way God wanted me to learn it? Or should I adjust? Should I do it the way God wants me to do it? Friend selection. Friend behavior. Priorities. The priorities I learn as a boy, are they right to the Word? When I follow God, each step along the way, I need to validate with the Word of God. I'm talking just life steps here. There's a lot of pressure on, on parents, isn't there? Knowing that their child is someday going to hold that scripture, the Bible open and say, did my parents teach me the right way? Or do I need to make a correction according to the scriptures? Everything we do, we need to do thinking forward in the scriptures. Forward. Up the way. Everything we do. We can't think two steps back. But we know these believers... They accept the call, they take a walk with God, and then they stop, and they go back to Egypt, and they never seem to want to move so far away from Egypt. So they don't quite make it to everything that God has for them, and they never really go back to Egypt. They kind of just languish in the in-between. Do you know what I'm talking about? This is a serious thing. What a drag for them. They don't get the best of it. Now, they wouldn't want to go back to Egypt. That wasn't a good life. And they certainly could have all that, but it does require a, a, a journey. And, and, and going to, a desire to go to the land where the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Ebusites all live. In other words, there's going to be some challenges on the journey. But it's all right. It is okay. Go ahead, Brad. Psalm 46.10, let go of your concerns. Then you will know that I am God. Let go of your concerns. Let them go. Validate what we do with the word of God each step along the way. You know, it's, it's <clears throat> the journey itself is a challenge. Joshua, in Joshua 24, he's got this great speech. It's for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And we can walk through a Christian bookstore and we can see these plaques or pictures. Some of you may have them in your home. As for me, my house will serve the Lord. Just out of curiosity, does anybody have that in their home or their office or anything like that? It's a great verse, isn't it? But I particularly love when he said it. It was the end of his life. And Joshua had been with, in Egypt, and he had gone all through the 40-year journey, and he had, they had taken the land. At the end of his life, he says, Choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of the Amorites and whose land you dwell. Culture was all around them and always drawing them back away from the Lord. But he said, for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. I know all this stuff's around us, but we're going to serve the Lord. I'm going to fight the cultural war. That's what he's saying, among other things. He says many things. He had gone through the whole journey, and yet there was still that pull to pull people from God. Pull people away. They would have been Israelites, but they would have been pulled away. It's a great context for that speech. Let go of our concerns. We simply just go with God. The next one, Brad. Philippians 4, 7. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God. This word peace actually means something a little bit different. It's to join with God. The peace that comes from joining with God. So if we would kind of read this in the proper way, we would say, and the peace that comes from joining with God 
which surpasses all understanding. You know, there are those times in life where we give things to the Lord and we kind of take them back. We get advice from people back in Egypt. We do things the old way. Things that used to be done. We only get the right and the full peace as we join with God. Anytime we go back to the old way, anytime we go back to the old way, that's not the right way, that's not a way of getting peace. We might get immediate answers, but we're not going to get peace. There are times in life that are catastrophic. And all we can do, really, is to wake up in the morning, wake up in the morning. Have you ever been in those times you don't even want to brush your teeth? Right? First, on behalf of all of us, thank you for brushing your teeth. (laughs) But secondly, there are those days that we don't want to brush our teeth. Where it's so bad, you're convinced the only thing that you can do is lift the cover all the way up. Right? We think, peace? How can we find peace in this season? Just don't go back to what you used to do. That's all we have to do. God has his role. We have our role. Our role is to always move forward. And when it's so bad and something's so heavy and it's so wrong or broken or it seems shattered in our life, all we can do is make sure that we don't go back. And Ephesians talks about that. Just stand. Don't go back. Don't look at what used to be. Don't go to the old ways. Move. In those bad days, just stand up. Talk to God. You ever been angry with God? I've questioned God. I've never blamed God. God, it's all your fault. I mean, that's crazy. He's God. It's okay to question God. Why did this happen? Maybe he'll show you. Maybe he'll show you in later years. Maybe he'll show you immediately. Maybe maybe he won't. But we can't go back to what was. It just waters us down. We don't get the best of anything. We don't get the best of heaven, from heaven. We don't get the best of our life on earth. We forget that we're on an eternal timeline. That when we give our life to the Lord, he develops us for all eternity. And when we take a step back, we take ourselves out of that. All right, God, I'm going to slow that eternity development down, and I'm going to do my own thing. The reality is, as we move forward with God, we have God on our side. If we give him our concerns... We'll be reminded that he is God. We read it. And the peace that comes from God, joining with God, God, we don't, God doesn't join us. The peace that comes from joining with God, that's the good stuff. Even when life is so hard. So why am I sharing this message? I said it would be to the point. I'm sharing it for two reasons. One, I believe some of you are going through these experiences right now. You know who you are. You've thought about, well, you know, I used to have, I used to. I know somebody over here who can help me out. Be careful. The prophetic word today spoke to that. Be careful. Move forward. Always move forward. Do it a new way. Whatever it is, find somebody you can get wisdom from. You can read the word. Check with your home group leader. Move forward. Don't do it the old way. God's called us to more than that. And secondly, the second reason I wanted to share this today is because as a church, 
as we progress, as a church family, as we progress and we do the vision that God's given us, we work in the vision God's given us, we don't have the time, the luxury, or the foolishness to look at what we used to do. We move forward up the way. Always forward. It's not an age thing. It's not a gender thing. It's not an ethnic thing. We always move forward, and he reveals. That's why we worship. It's our response to God's revelation. We move forward. I thank God for forward moving. I never want to stop. The Bible says that Moses knew, well, the Israelites knew the attributes. They knew the miracles of God. Moses knew the ways of God. You know, there are many people who, who just wait on miracle after miracle after miracle, and they miss the ways that God operates and who he is and what he does. It's not about us waiting for miracles. It's about us just searching out who God is. Now, the miracles, sometimes we go from miracle jump to miracle jump. God blesses us that way. But just knowing the ways of God, that's the key. I would much rather be in Moses' shoes than the Israelites' shoes. Right? Although, I'm not a big sandal guy. Moving forward in God is a promise from God. As we do our part, he does his part. So if you would, please stand up. We're going to pray. I'm very excited about this word because it's a, for me, as I study through this and pray through this, to think forward in the ways of God has so much more hope than thinking in what I left behind. And I do. I just want to think forward in what he has. I don't have to think about the things. I have regrets in my life. I have had times in my life that I'm not happy with or I would do differently. I don't have to think about those. God doesn't call me to dwell in those. God doesn't call me to, to, to get bad advice, doesn't God doesn't call me to repeat sin. God calls me to move forward, 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 always forward, always up the way. He has good things for us. There's a lot of hope in moving forward. Lord God, we take steps to move forward as a congregational family, and we always look to respond to that. God, you've called us individually to move forward, and certainly as a congregation to move forward. We'll do whatever you want, Lord. Show us. We pray for refreshing. I pray for refreshing and renewal for our family here today, Lord that they would be certain of the next steps in their life. God, I pray for an awareness of a, for us in our lives where not to go back. God, that we can always move forward up the way with you. God, I thank you very much for the encouragement that comes from us meeting together in church and us meeting together in homes and just fellowshipping, Lord. And I pray for people going through these hard seasons that they would find much renewal and much good things in this, this encouragement, Lord. Thank you for the call in this family, God. It's very much a blessing to be in your hand, very much a blessing to be part of what you're doing here. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.